Hi, I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and this is Girlboss Radio. I'm pretty excited to tell you about today's guest. She's someone I think you're already probably familiar with for a variety of reasons. The first being that, while she's pretty famous, she has more than six and a half million followers on Instagram. She's the author of a best-selling cookbook. She's the owner and founder of a Michelin star restaurant with Michael Mina. She has a line of cookware. She's an executive producer, host and judge on a cooking show, and she has a meal delivery company. And her family life is in the limelight. That's partially due to the fact that she's also, and really that's an also, happens to be married to one of today's top NBA basketball players, Steph Curry, who plays for the Golden State Warriors. If you haven't figured out, I'm talking to Aisha Curry. This was my first time meeting Aisha for this week's interview, but I can tell you she's someone who has really carved out her own path as a businesswoman, a mother, and a public figure. But as many of you know, it's not easy managing a family of five, let alone running multiple businesses. She told me that there are sometimes missteps, trolls to deal with, and sometimes you just have to keep going. Here's a little bit of what Aisha shared during our interview. I will say that what you put out into the internet universe does always stay there. So you do have to be careful with that. And so you just have to, I would say, think twice and stand behind your words. So whether you're going to get negative backlash for what you say, positive, whatever it is, like be prepared to stand behind your words. Welcome to Girl Boss Radio, the show for and about ambitious women exploring the wins, losses, and insights learned on the winding road to success. On today's show, Aisha and I talk about her new show on ABC, Family Food Fight, how she's built a culinary empire over the years, and what she's learned from her mistakes. And oh, she gives us points on how to deal with the trolls because they're out there, and she gets real about balancing her career ambitions while raising a family and being married to a super famous basketball player. Here's our conversation. Aisha, thank you so much for joining us on Girlboss Radio. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. And so I want to get into your incredible career that's pretty much already a legacy. Oh my God. Um, I mean, it's incredible. Um, And one of the things we, you know, the woman who's listening to Girlboss Radio is so much more than just a resume. Yeah. A resume is something that really shoves us into a box. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing is just as much about what you've done as who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's so much about who you are, um, which I feel like is like a pretty modern thing and something that is really special that you've been able to infuse yourself yeah. into everything that you do. So I'm just going to start with okay. the incredible list of oh my accomplishments here. Oh, boy. Because I don't know if I know anyone with this many businesses. Oh, God. And these are real. These This is like legit. This isn't like I licensed them. them. No. It's like not lightweight. So you have a meal cut delivery service yes. called Homemade. Yes. You own a restaurant with Michael Mina that has a Michelin star yes. that President Obama dined at <laughs> and chose President's Day. Yes. Um, you're a New York Times bestselling author. You're a host. You now have a production company. You're a face of cover girl. It makes, oh my God. You're so eight, awkward sitting here. <laughs> right, I know. It's actually kind of scary when people like list off stuff for me. I'm like, oh my God. You're like, crap, I got to get to work. It's actually kind of triggering. <laughs> um, you have 8 million followers across oh, your gosh. channels. And you have a line of cookware and bakeware. Mm-hmm. And now you have a new show I do. that just launched yes. called Food Fight. Yes, on Family ABC, Food Fight. Called Family Food yes. Fight at 8 p.m. 
on ABC Thursdays. 8, 9 central, whatever oh, that yeah. means, Eight, right? 8, 9 central. We don't pick yes, sides. Thursday nights, all summer long. So tell me about Family Food Fight. So Family Food Fight, this is my new little baby. Um, it's based off of the Australian format that did really well over there. Um, but we stripped it down to the bones and made it something new. And so it's a multi-generational um, cooking competition. Um, and we're in search of America's number one food family. And there's a hundred grand on the line. So high stakes. I think what makes it special, there's, you know, there's so many food competition shows out there but what makes this one special is is the multi-generational so we have grandmas moms dads sister-in-laws like there's so many different family dynamics and I think it's a great representation of what America is right now it's a big melting pot of diversity and you'll see that on the show and it's a great way to show that families aren't necessarily traditional anymore they come in so many different forms and so it's a good view of that. And it seems like with everything that you do, in some ways you're democratizing what being an expert means. Yeah. Because you're giving these people a platform who really are experts, but may not be a proper chef who exactly. can bake the whatever ugly cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, so I, I didn't, I don't come from a traditional culinary background. Um, I'm self-taught. I've found like great mentors along the way, but I did not take that path of going to traditional culinary school. Do I wish I did it? Sometimes yes, some days no. Um, I think everything's turned out okay, but I feel like you work with what you have and you do the best you can with what you've got and you build on that. So I want to go back to the beginning, something okay. I ask everyone who comes on Girl Boss Radio. What was your first job? Okay, so I'd been in entertainment, like doing silly print commercial work and stuff like that since the age of three. So my first official job was at the age of three and I played the bubble elf in the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, wow. You can't see me in it. I'm nowhere to be found. Um, but that was my first job. My first real job. Um, I, oh my God. <laughs> so I had three jobs at once. So I had three first jobs. I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. I worked at a frozen yogurt shop, and then on weekends, I worked a vegan food stand at the farmer's market, and I'm not vegan. That's amazing, because it's actually like a here at Girl Boss, the team went and compared where we had all worked in high mm -hmm. school, and like We're, half the team has worked at Abercrombie or Hollister. <laughs> it's really funny. That was the wave. That was the, the thing to do. It was. like you. It meant like you... I don't know. We're like attractive or something. Well, like and I don't you know get if that's like a thirty percent a good thing. <laughs> I know your cool cargo oh, flares. Gosh. Yeah, the little polos. <laughs> I know your first job was at three, and mm -hmm. before you were a chef personality, you were an actress. How did you move into, or why did you move out of uh, that yeah. that world? So I've always had a passion for theater. But I left high school, I graduated high school a year early and moved out here to LA um, to pursue this acting career. And everything was going great. Like I was, I always kept a job, I was always working. But it got to the point where I had these dreams of being this Disney Channel star, right? And when I moved out here, I, I remember that I turned 18 and the stuff that was coming in was a little bit different. Um, and I wasn't prepared for it. I was a very sheltered child. Um, and so everything was very new to me and it got to the point where I just didn't want to have to sacrifice my morals and I was 
getting kind of stuck in these roles that I didn't want to do. And I said, I looked at myself because I'd been doing it for so long. And I was like, I don't really know who I am. Like, I'm so used to trying to be somebody else that I don't even know what I like. I don't know who I am. And so I stopped, um, went back home after I got this really bad case of laryngitis, like to the point where I realized I've got nobody out here, no family, barely had any friends. Nobody wanted to take me to the doctor. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to, I, I called my parents crying and I was like, I just want to come home. So I went home, um, regrouped myself, enrolled in like online college. Um, and what'd, did what'd that. you study? I was in a business program. <laughs> Seems like that's worked out. Yeah, I. You know what? I guess so. I didn't finish though. <laughs> I, most of us didn't. I did not finish, but um, I, I, I was always doing something, so I did that for a little while, and then like life came at me fast, and I got married, had my first child at twenty two, twenty three, and have been pushing ever since. And so, for a while, I like was lost and didn't know like what the heck I wanted to do with my life. And that's something that's really normal, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something we see a lot here at Girl Boss is that there's moms who mm-hmm. have committed themselves to raising their kids. Yeah. It's a crazy world. And, you know, the, the work world it largely hasn't been built for us or to accommodate mm-hmm. what women want in terms of raising our children. Mm-hmm. And that kind of flexibility is something that a lot of people crave. So what would your advice be to someone who might be in that position, who wants to have a side hustle, who might be a mom who's trying to figure out how to how to build her vision from where she is today? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's so hard um, is like the easiest answer, right? That's the first obvious answer is that nothing. it's never going to be easy. And no matter how successful you become, it's still it's still it still sucks. Leaving your children at home sucks. Like it's never that never gets easy. Travel sucks. Never gets easy. Um, but I think just uh, chipping away and inching towards whatever that passion or that vision you have, no matter how long it takes, um, just sticking with it. Um, I think is important. Uh, one thing like my mom told me when I got married was like, don't lose yourself inside of your marriage. Always keep your passion. Um, she's a hairstylist and she's been that for 40 plus years now. And it's her happy place. And she's always kept that with her, um, ev- even raising like five of us kids. And um, that's something that stuck with me. Um, and I was always well aware I was in a position to not have to work, which was great, but I would have still lost myself. And so I took some time for myself to say, like, what what do I want? What what am I passionate about? And it's so funny because I'm sure, you know, like what you're meant to do has is usually been staring you in your face for your whole life. Um, And that was food. And so after having my first daughter, um, I was kind of miserable, probably leaning postpartum. Um, and didn't realize it, but, um, I realized I'm making my husband miserable, um, not giving my child good energy right now. And why is that? And I realized it's cause I, at the time I didn't, I wasn't pursuing my passion. And so, um, I decided to jump into food because that's what I've loved my whole life. I just didn't know that I could make a career out of it. And luckily at the time blogging was becoming a really big thing. And so I said, okay, I'll start a blog. I sent the link out to just my family members. Um, and you know, trying to, trying to like keep it together and not put everything out into the world because of that insecurity of like 
putting herself on the line. And so I sent it to family. But somehow other people started to take notice and it became a thing and people were enjoying the recipes. And from there, you know, I, I went from the recipes to um, being on video and doing YouTube. And like, so I started small like that. And so it's it's little things like that for um, the women who are out there who are looking to do something sim- in the similar lane that I'm in, um, just putting yourself out there. There's so many um, tools um, and platforms that are out there that you can just, you know, put an email address in mm-hmm. and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think something as simple as that, having a website, yeah. I think is so important. Sometimes just putting a little effort out there mm-hmm. and sometimes it's less about finding out what you should be doing rather than it finding you. Yeah. Because often it, it finds you. Yeah, And exactly. you don't get to choose Mm-mm. because that's what works. Mm-mm. Yeah. Hey guys, let's talk about a favorite girl boss topic for a second, money. Knowing that money often buys us freedom, flexibility, a seat at the table, and so much more, we're not messing around when it comes to getting smarter about how we make more of it, how we save it, how we spend it, and how we invest it. That's why last year we launched Money Moves, an email series devoted to all things financial literacy in partnership with the global investment manager, BlackRock. And I'm happy to share that Money Moves is back thanks to its overwhelming popularity for a second round. Over the course of 12 weeks, we'll be diving into everything from student loan debt to the pros and cons of renting versus buying and so much more. To sign up for Money Moves, go to girlboss.com BlackRock. That's girlboss.com BlackRock. And now let's get back to my conversation with Aisha. So you mentioned putting yourself out there. Yeah. And you're very out there. Yeah. And you've dealt with your fair share of trolls. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us deal with online bullying and yeah. trolls and people telling us that we can't do it or criticizing us for a variety of reasons. What would your advice be for what to do about a troll and what not to do about a troll? See, I'm a tough one because I I waver on a day-to-day basis. So I, I think it depends on the situation. Sometimes I am quick to jump and defend myself. Like when it comes to my kids, like I more often than not will defend myself in a nice way. I will say that what you put out into the internet universe does always stay there. So you do have to be careful with that. And so you just have to, I would say, think twice and stand behind your words. So whether you're going to get negative backlash for what you say, positive, whatever it is, like be prepared to stand behind your words and never backtrack. That's like a big thing for me. Speaking of being in the public eye, you're married to someone Mm -hmm. very famous, Steph Curry, who plays for the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. I think everybody knows that at this point, (laughs) but I think it's worth mentioning for those that don't. So you're both in the public eye, but you have this incredible career, totally separate of him. Do you feel like he gets dragged into the stuff that is your accomplishments? Not that he's asking for it, but Um, do you ever feel like you just want the spotlight because you've earned that in like in full disclosure and honesty, yeah. Um, sometimes, I mean, we have countless conversations about it. Um, I, I would say even now with our shows coming out, so his airs on the same network as me. Right before, oh, that's so smart. My show of ABC, airs. it's great, <laughs> it's so right? Smart from a business perspective, it's amazing, and I'm we're so excited to take over Thursday nights. But when it first happened, I was like, whoa. Like, now everyone's going to think that I have this show because of you. And he's like, nobody's going to think that. And I'm like, watch. Um, and there probably will be some people. But 
what he's told me is like, we know how hard I've worked. The people around me know how hard I've worked. And so I have to like take, take that with me and hold that close and within myself and the rest. I mean, they can think what they're going to think. We still get to take over Thursday nights on ABC. So at the end of the day, you, you can't <laughs> argue with success. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. Whatever success means, which we talk about. But like yeah. really achievement is like nobody can take that away Mm-mm. from you, no matter what they say. Yeah. So you guys have been married for a while. You have three yeah. kids. You're both extremely busy. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the romance alive? <laughs> that is not what I was expecting. <laughs> That's a hard one. I mean, I, those we, of us who are less busy than you have a hard time yeah, doing I, that. I think we're like those parents that aren't afraid to like hug and kiss each other in front of our kids. I don't know if that's going to end up being a great thing or a bad thing, but like we're not like we're not. We try and keep the love in the room at all times um, and not like hide that from our children because we want them. We want them to appreciate love and to like value that um, for us. You know, you do. You get wrapped up in the kids and in work. So we we try really hard to actually like schedule our date nights and like stick to them no matter how much we're being nudged in another direction um, or how much work there is to be done or like what laundry is piling up. Like we go um, and sometimes the kids are like, we don't want you to leave. We still go. Mm -hmm. We have to. It's better for them. It's great for us and so we try and take that time staycations are like we're big on staycations um even if it's us like hiring a sitter for the night and locking ourselves in our bedroom like even though most of the time we just end up watching netflix but and it you, is what it is you bring that home you know you yeah. bring that love home to your kids yeah. you have you re-energized you're closer my parents weren't very affectionate in front of Not me either. and I it's really it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So if you're wondering about that, like it's definitely it's definitely a yeah. good thing cuz you're modeling that for your kids. Yeah. And you're saying that's okay to express that in front yeah. of other people. Just my opinion. This show's not good. about my it's opinion. Happy. So what kind of team, you know, cuz it's really I mean, we have I have a team here at Girl Boss, mm-hmm. right? Like I need my team. They're, mm-hmm. you know, the ones really, really lifting the whole business up. What does your team look like? So I started with a really, really small team, really small, like three, four people. Well, first it was just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then three or four people dealing, like handling all of the things that you mentioned. And it was becoming a lot. So I'm actually at the point now, and I'm so happy I'm here because hopefully now I can, you know, pick your brain about some things after this is over but we're building out the team and so um now we're about between seven and ten people and there's like people with like designated tasks and duties and so I'm like I'm slowly figuring it out again because I didn't finish that business program and so I've been learning on the go um but I have really strong great people around me who are way smarter than I am um to help me navigate it all and so I think that's like one of the biggest keys right to success is surround yourself with people who are way smarter than you yeah absolutely and that's it's a unique challenge in a in a business's life where you know you have a few people who are who are general generalists Mm -hmm. who are doing everything Mm -hmm. and then you have more people and it's like oh gosh people need job descriptions yeah we don't want them all to be doing the same thing Mm -hmm. at the same time and that means taking certain things away from people who've been doing so many things but it's too much for a single person to do so it's better for everybody but can sometimes be uncomfortable to manage that exactly and it's hard in the moment to like 
delegate and and make that message clear but in the end it ends up being so much better how do you recruit one how do you find people because who you surround yourself I'm sure you're really really protective of but um, what do you look for when you hire someone oh gosh I think even more so than skill set I look for like tenacity and passion so who's like going to want to get in the trenches and like work when other people are sleeping that's what I base it off of because for me, right, I think about myself and how I came into all of this. I didn't necessarily have the skill sets I need to be doing what I'm doing. And so I love to go out on a, on a limb, whim, whatever it is for for people and to like grab hold of people who, you know, um, have that passion but may not have had like the formal training or skill set that they need because people can you, – you can't learn – like passion and you can't learn grit you can learn a skill set and so I really um believe in that and that's how I find people and then um always take recommendations yeah too, totally you know? people who come for your from through your network are often always the best yeah and vetted yeah um and I do find that the people who are most enthusiastic and bought in from day one who you don't have to convince mm-hmm. of why this is a good thing yeah. for them go the extra mile that yeah. extra like one percent or I mean often with a lot of people it's another 20 percent where that enthusiasm is what carries the business yeah and the team and yeah the, the culture right yeah I've had people approach me and say like I want to work with you and here's how I can help and I kind of love that because then they're taking the initiative and I know they're not afraid to like tell it like it is. And I love that. Is there a circumstance where there's just like a non-negotiable, like this isn't okay and you had to remove somebody from your team? Oh God. Or maybe from your life? Like what is just like not okay? Is there, has that ever happened? No, not yet. And I hope it never happens. Um, But I think like shifts are necessary because there's growth and it's sometimes it's okay for like turnover and you know re-strategizing and and um going down a different um direction and path and so i think um i've been there before Hey, listeners, I want to loop you guys into something I've been listening to lately. And if you have an Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant smart speaker at home, you should get on this too. Our friends over at BlackRock, the global investment manager, have created short weekly briefings available through these speakers and update them every Tuesday. I found it's the easiest way to stay up to date on global market activity. Just search for BlackRock briefings as a flash briefing skill for Alexa and in Google News for Google and opt in. Then you'll be all set to listen each week. That's it. With BlackRock briefings on Alexa and Google, you'll get the quick and easy updates that will help you feel smart and informed about the financial landscape. Head over to BlackRock.com slash flash briefing if you need more information on how to listen. See you there. And now let's get back to my conversation with Aisha. So... You know, as leaders, we're supposed to know everything. Everyone <laughs> thinks that we know everything that's going on in the company and that we're totally equipped to be leaders and managers. And especially, you know, it's that's challenging for those of us who don't have traditional leadership or management experience. What's the best advice you've gotten about leading a company? So it's funny you ask that. Um, I haven't talked about this publicly, but I'm like taking this Harvard Business School online course thing right now. Um, and I'm, I've stuck with this, so I'm really, I'm really proud of myself. But one of the things that I just learned in the class is like, 
it's the way you delegate is like very important as a leader and to be inclusive and open and not to create consensus bias in your workspace. Um, And I think that's really important. So making sure that your energy is like very open and so that people are willing to speak up when they think that a strategy is not going to work. I think that's really important. It's something that I'm like looking forward into implementing into my own business because I know sometimes I get really passionate about an idea and I tend to advocate and I'm learning now that it's not necessarily good to be an advocator. And so I'm I'm just really excited to kind of like refocus and not advocate so much that people can give me their opinions. It's so hard because people will do want to agree with you yes, because yeah. you are the leader. And it's so hard when you have a clear vision of what you want to let that run through your team yeah. and to deputize people yeah. and to tell them, hey, this is what it's about. It's objective. It's not about my opinion. Yes. Don't try to please me. Just do what's best for the company. Yes. And here it is very squarely. Yes. That's a, that's It takes work to provide them those tools, whether it's a brand book or here's yeah. how we lead culture here mm-hmm. or here's how we think about our customer or mm-hmm. our product. This is what excellence looks like and allow them to come to you with mm-hmm. those things. That's really hard. I haven't figured it out, but I know it's important. So wait, what's the course called? Um, it's a management essentials course. Cool. Yeah. And it's the Harvard Executive Education yeah. program. Yeah. What a dream. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of it. I know like anybody can probably attend, but I'm, I'm just proud that I've stuck with it and I'm like putting in the hours to get it done. Um, this is the first time I'm like talking about it. So it makes me a little nervous and I'm like, ah, now I really have to finish it. Yeah. But it's good. (laughs) Yes, you do. I want to learn. You have to come back to me and teach me everything. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So you have daughters. I do. Two girls and a boy. And you're such a great example for them. Thank you. How do you talk to them about their work or career aspirations? Is that something that's come up? Um, Yeah, it it is. Recently. Um, My four-year-old's a little young right now, um, so she doesn't really get it. But my my almost seven-year-old, she started to ask about it. We were in the car the other day. And it's so hard. It's so hard. Parenting is hard. Because we were in the car the other day, and we were... She was talking about what she wanted to be when she grows up. We were on our on our way to her horseback riding lesson. Um, and in the back of my head, I would love for her to be like an Olympic equestrian. Far-fetched <laughs> dreams here, but I think she could do it. Um, but we were in the car and they said, well, what? I, I read um, Becoming and Michelle Obama said not to ask children what they want to be when they grow up. Because what does that mean? Right? Like then they have this ideal of something they have to achieve and then they don't achieve it. And then it creates this anxiety and this, this, you know, ongoing thing of like, I have to achieve this. And if I don't, then what I said, what are you interested in? Um, so it's always in my mind, don't ask her what she wants to be. So it's like, what are you interested in, in doing um, as a career when you get older? Like, what are your interests? And she's like, I want to be a singer. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, that's great. And I said, you know what? There's many ways you can do that. So even if it doesn't happen professionally, there's always a way that you can fulfill that that passion of yours. And then I said, well, what about college? Are you, are you interested in, in you, what university do you want to go to? And she was like, I don't want to go to university. <laughs> I was like, do you know what university is? She was like, no. <laughs> and I, I explained it to her. And she was like, well, I still don't want to go. And I'm like, well, you don't understand. She's like, I, I don't I don't know why I need to go. And I'm like, well... Are you interested in, you're interested in science, right? 
And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, do you know there's, if you if you go to a university or a college, you can explore that. You can you could could um, go into science if you wanted to. And her face lit up. And I'm like, there's these little girls don't know that the there's a endless world of possibilities of different things that you can do, not be, but do as you grow. And so it's I feel like it's going to be my job to just like nurture all of her interests so that she doesn't feel stuck in one thing and. Like my parents did a great job of raising me, but I feel like at at a point in time I was stuck in one thing, that acting thing, and I never had different avenues to explore. Um, I I mean I didn't grow up with my parents having money for me to go and do activities, but still I could have explored so many different interests. Um, and so I want to make sure that I nurture that for her so that she can decide what she wants to do. I imagine that's one of the best things about parenting is that you get to improve upon the things that you feel like your parents could have done better. There's a certain amount of healing in that. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's what I'm doing with Girlboss because I got a lot wrong in my first company and Mm. I think I'm doing better, but you'll never be perfect. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no. We all make mistakes, right? And I'm curious what you consider your biggest career mistake. Ooh, I would say one homemade 1.0 was my biggest career lesson. <laughs> it was a mistake. Um, we, you, you get so excited to put something out into the universe that, well, I did, that I entrusted a lot in people and didn't build up the team enough and we didn't do all of the research and things fell through the cracks. And But I'm happy that we were, you know, confident enough and passionate enough to start over um, and figure it out and fill in the gaps where we fell short and took the time to rebuild it. And now we have such an amazing product out into the marketplace. And I'm like, I'm so proud of it. It's one of those things you wish you did it. You did that the first time, but I, it's a lesson I had to learn and everything happened so fast and I'm okay with it now in the moment. It was tough, but like now we have something really great. We learn from our mistakes and, you know, it won't happen again. What are so. you, what are you most proud of in your career? Oh gosh. Um, There's so many to choose from. <laughs> I would say, I would say my homemade business, honestly, from its inception, like just really getting my hands dirty and in that and building it up because it's it's still such a baby, and so I'm just excited to nurture it and watch it grow. Um, we're at the stages now where you know we're going to be l- looking for you know funding to grow the business and blow it out of the water, and I'm just so excited for that and to experience that. And so I think that's what I'm most proud of because it's a real it's a real business, and it's something that's super important to me. It's basically like my lifestyle hub and everything that we offer is to create this ease of life, but to keep people in their homes and in, I feel like the kitchen is the hub of the house and it's like where the best conversations happen and the worst conversations happen. And what I was realizing with my girlfriends, my cousins, people around me was that that was being lost, like preparing a meal together, sitting at the table, talking about your day, that was becoming a lost art. And so my goal with everything I'm doing really is to keep that alive Um, because I feel like the family meal and the family table sets the foundation for like great relationships and communication. 
Um, and so I feel like, yeah, that's my that's my main goal with all of this. And so everything that homemade offers creates that ease for people. So there's no excuses for why you can't, you know, get in there with your family, even if it's for 30 minutes. So homemade is just one of those examples. You've blazed a trail uh, for yourself, really made an example of what you can do building a culinary empire in a very crowded space. Have you thought about competition? Are there biters out there? Like, how do you think about staying ahead of the game when there's so many people who may want to be like you? That's an interesting thing, but I think I think so. I've ex- I've experienced a little bit of the biting thing or the competitive thing, and I think it's so important to collaborate. Like, nobody needs to get ahead, right? We can do it all together. Like great on your own, better together. And so I think for me, um, I'm really excited about like collaborating with people. Um, some that may be younger than me, um, some that are way further ahead than me, but I think collaborating is just, there's space for everyone. It's even though it is a crowded space, there is space for everyone. Everyone has their niche. And I think it's important to embrace that. Who would your dream collaborator be? Oh my goodness. My friend, actually, uh, Danielle Walker. So she she has a blog called Against All Grain, and she has like the number one. She's like a f- three, four times New York best-selling author, and she dominates the grain-free paleo vegan space. That's stuff that I don't do, and I don't think I would dare go in that direction because it wouldn't be true to me. But how cool would it be to collaborate with somebody who does? And build together. And so like my dream would be to collaborate with her. And we have some things that are hopefully in the works. We, we chat back and forth about the possibilities. And so now it's just really like getting the work done to make it happen. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about a new podcast I've been listening to lately. It's called The Bid, and it's from our friends over at BlackRock, a company committed to upping your financial well-being. The Bid helps you understand what's going on in the financial markets in a way that's easy to understand, but not watered down. And that's super helpful since there's always so much going on. Every other week on The Bid, you'll hear from financial experts who break down the latest on everything from geopolitical events to tech to AI and so much more. I'm constantly learning something new and I'm sure you will too. Download and listen to The Bid wherever you get your podcasts. And now let's get back to my conversation with Aisha. So we're all very busy. You're a busy mom. Mm-hmm. What what is the best meal that we can throw together really quickly? What do you what would you recommend to us? Yeah. I think now more than ever I'm into sheet pan meals. So things that you can pop onto one baking sheet pan and throw it into the oven and not think about it. So my biggest thing right now is this apricot glazed salmon. And so I take like all the veggies that are in season, I chop them up um, really small so they cook faster throw them on the sheet pan, put the salmon on there, salt, pepper, and then the glaze is three ingredients. It's soy, garlic, and apricot glaze. And you mix it together, pour it on there, pop it in a 400-degree oven for like 15 to 20, and then you have dinner. It's so easy. And then when it comes out, handful of arugula, all those warm veggies so that it kind of wilts the arugula a little bit and the salmon, and it's good. Beautiful. Yeah, it's so easy. It's really colorful, too. It is. It's very vibrant. Last question about food. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh my gosh. Well, besides my restaurant, International Smoke, 
Well, that is my favorite restaurant. Yeah. It's my baby. But besides that, I would say, so Michael Mina, he's my mentor. And like whenever we go on a date night or whatever, we we go to his uh, flagship Michael Mina restaurant um, in San Fran. And he's like two Michelin star chef. He's known for like doing trios. So he'll take one of the same thing and do it three different ways on one plate. Um, and it's really special. So I've... I always get the, we, whenever we get together as a family, we ask if you can, whenever somebody new comes in, it's like our question for them. uh, If you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Eat and drink. And so mine is like a glass of Krug champagne (laughs) and his uh, tuna tower. It's so good. It has like caviar, creme fraiche, this like pickled beet reduction. It's so good. And I would eat that. And my family calls me bougie for it, but it is what it is. They're like, I would take fried chicken and a bourbon. And I'm like, well, I'm still rocking with my champs and my tuna tower. (laughs) Traditionally, you are really super duper successful. There's no arguing with that. But success is so much more, right? Mm -hmm. You have this really rich life where you have this beautiful family and you have this incredible career. What does success mean to you? So success isn't about... I feel like they're in business, like my milestones are important to me, the things that I achieve, but that really isn't success, right? Success for me is like raising these three little kids and like making sure that when they lay their heads down at night, they're happy. Like that's success to me, like getting through each day um, and nobody has like a broken bone or like it's like, you know what I mean? Like that's that success like that those are the things that keep me up at night like are like is everyone safe like the days we go through we're safe like that that really is success to me I'm constantly like thinking about the family and like is everybody where they need to be like is everybody okay um am I is all of this stuff that I that I'm doing affecting them in a positive way and if I can keep the answer at a yes then that's success to me Um, that's like, there's, I don't believe that there's a such thing as balance, but if there was, it would be that being able to juggle the two things and keep everybody happy at the same time. So you have so many people to keep happy. (laughs) What do you do for yourself uh, when you take time for yourself? That's something I'm learning. I I feel like for the past four years, um, my work has been for myself. And I've kind of forgotten about, like, the me time. Um, I get asked that a lot. Like, when you're not when you're not with the kids, what are you doing? I'm working. <laughs> so I, I've been trying to, like, figure out ways. Like, even if it's 10 minutes a day and I'm, like, doing a devotional or just, like, closing my eyes and breathing. Like, that stuff's important to me. Without that, I don't know what the heck I'd be doing. But, like, this weekend, for instance, my best friend who's in the other room... Um, Shireen, we, it was her, her birthday just passed and we didn't really get to do anything together and we're here and Malibu's down the street. And so I made these plans with her to, you know, stay an extra two days and enjoy that and have some like relaxation time. And hopefully she doesn't kill me, but like up until last night, I was like, oh my God, like I really should go home and see the kids. Like I really should just go home when like this this media tour is done and I was talking to my husband and 
I said, you know what? No, I'm going to stick it out this time. I need like, I just need to breathe. I'm going to stick it out. We've never done this before. I'm just going to take a little bit of time. He was like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, wait, what? Okay. All right. This is great. That's the kind of husband I think we all want. Yeah. So there's a question I ask to everyone who comes on Girl Boss okay. Radio. And we have this thing called Girl Boss Moments, which is really the time in your most recent history where you feel like you did something for yourself, even if it's taking care of your kids. It's the mm-hmm. thing like, damn, I did that. I feel really good about that. Mm-hmm. What would that, what would your Girl Boss Moment be? So like it doesn't have to be in business. It's no. just like when you like, triumphed life in the grand scheme of success (laughs) what's the thing most recently that you're like damn that felt really good so i just turned 30 um in march (laughs) 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 sorry Um, i just just turned 30 and all of my closest friends and my husband they planned me this trip to italy and it was i want to say it was like eight days which was like I, it's the by far the longest I've ever left my kids. And I was very reluctant, but they threw us on the plane and we went and it was amazing. And it was all of my closest friends, many of whom had never hung out together because I have like little pockets. Bye guys. Um, and it was my first time getting them all together. Everybody was really nervous going in. Not one argument. Like everybody got along the entire time. We had the best time. We meditated on a freaking mountain truffle hunting. Like it was like, it was the best. Oh my God. Most like spiritual girl bonding moment. And I'm so happy that we all did that together. Like it's something that will go down in history in my mind for the, like it, that was a life bucket list type of trip and I'm so happy that we did it well happy birthday thank you Ayesha thank you for coming on Girl Boss Radio thank it's you been so a pleasure much. thank you yeah, this congratulations was so fun. thank you so much so a bit of an update as you may know the Girl Boss Rally is in two days this is an all hands on deck moment for Girl Boss and at the same time we decided to launch a social network which is a really big deal so there's a lot happening here which is why we're going to take a beat we'll be back on July 10th maybe you'll be on vacation anyway so you won't care but this is an opportunity for you to binge listen to our past episodes right and also get your profile set up on the Girl Boss platform at girlboss.com also Remember to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We want to reach as many people as possible. And the more reviews we have here, the easier it is for new listeners to discover us. 